Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Literally and figuratively, that Lakers logo. I thought we can't wear logos, man. I thought we can't wear logos. He's Look doubling down. He's got the Adidas on both sides, too. I'll wear what I want to wear until they tell me something different. Well, you are the president. <laughs> Once they say to me, I can't wear logos, then I'll switch. Oh, Until right. then, I'll do what I want to. Thank you for joining the show, Jason. It's good to be back, Key. It's good, good to be back. Here? In All person. Yes. That is a good thing. No logos here? You know, no, nice and clean. The Lakers yeah. did their thing, though, that's for sure. So let's jump into that. So here's the deal with the Lakers, right? First time they played the Warriors, they blew a 14-point fourth quarter lead. If you were watching the game last night, I presume both of you were, really wasn't worried about that. They were up 20 at the end of the first quarter. They are up 29 at the half, with or without AD, LeBron asserting his dominance in a dominating win over the Dubs. And that's when I finally uh, got up out of my chair and went upstairs and left everybody downstairs, and they was wondering, why did I just leave? Yeah, that thing was over in the second <laughs> quarter. like, I'm not coming back down there, Jay. Game over. I'm upstairs now. It did lead me down this path, though, Keith. Because as I'm watching Dennis Schroeder, and he played his tail off last night, um, there's a difference when him and LeBron are on the court together. But if it's just LeBron and Dennis Schroeder, and say for some reason AD doesn't come back, it made me think about, man, even if Kevin Durant doesn't come back for Brooklyn, just with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, I think that's enough for them to win a championship. I don't think that's the case for the Lakers. Now, you can say that's because the Lakers are in the West. The gauntlet's a little bit different in the West. But I think with the way Kyrie and James Harden play together in the East with teams like Milwaukee, even if Philadelphia is playing really well with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I think that's enough for the Nets to come out of the East and potentially win the whole thing, even if they didn't have Kevin Durant. See, I, I feel like the, the field is even all the way across the board. Uh, if, if for some reason, like you said, AD is not back, I think the Lakers get, they take a dip in the field becomes somewhat even. Neutral. Across the, yeah, I think, I think when you think about it, the Clippers, I mean, obviously, Paul George, if he's healthy, he's cooking in Kawhi. And well, they look, like, they look like poop the other night against Milwaukee. I mean, yeah, that but was, that's, yes. I mean, every now and then, we all have a, a stinker here and there. True. But I think that they'll be pretty even with the Lakers. Utah, Denver, you know, and then you start talking about Phoenix. What is that going to be? Portland. Um, but then when you get in the East, for me, the two teams are still the two teams. It's the Sixers. In the Nets, or the Nets to the Sixers. Uh, you don't got Philly up there? You don't got Milwaukee in there? I mean, you said, I said the Sixers, I'm, I'm sorry, right? Milwaukee? You don't have Milwaukee in there? I just don't trust Giannis like that, though, man. Maybe I mean, look, he, just... he shot, he shot, I mean, he had a, a game, a game changing dunk the other day in that game against the Clippers, but still, the Clippers were playing a dude at the free throw line. Giannis was at the three point line key. I've never seen it so disrespectful. I, I wonder what the equivalent would be as far as somebody guarding you as a wide receiver, but. Giannis was at the three-point line, and dudes were playing him at the free-throw line, saying, go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to beat us, go ahead and shoot it. What, what would be to that is people trying to get in your face in, in football and try, try to, to press you because they feel like you're not going to run by them. Mm. But then they wind up getting cooked, and then they, you know, because they misjudge the situation, right? I mean, that's kind of how that goes. But you think about, and the, and the reason I say I just don't, I like Giannis, it's like one. It's like food, right? You you could get a burger that you like. You're like, oh man, I'm fired up for this burger. You go and you get it, and he's like, well man, I could have just went to McDonald's and been cool, it, because at the, in the end, it didn't give you that satisfaction like you thought. 
And I think that that is the way I look at Giannis. I'm fired up for it. Then in the end, when the playoffs come, it's like, well, man, what did you expect? Well, because you know what it's going to be. And now, look, well, at least that's what it's been, right? I mean, they did try to add Drew Holiday. It was his first game back yesterday, even though he didn't play well. Tracing, COVID tracing, things of that sort. I do think he gives them an extra dynamic down the stretch. But I, I don't think it's enough for Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee kind of reminds me of the same team they were last year. I, I think it will come down to Philadelphia and the Brooklyn Nets. I just, not having AD, man, It he's such a game changer because that's, yes. that's LeBron James peanut butter and jelly. That's peanut butter and jelly 2.0. If LeBron and D-Wade were PBJ, the first version, like this is the next iteration of that. And it makes the game easier for them all the way around. But can LeBron do what he was able to do in Cleveland at times without having a true two, a running mate, where Dennis is more of a 2B instead of a 2A? Yeah. Can he, can he put enough on his back to make up the difference for whatever AD left behind. But see, I think that's what we had a chance to find out a little bit during that stretch when Dennis wasn't there and when AD wasn't there, right? Like, it was... Look, LeBron is still a machine. LeBron can do things that are superhuman. I forget what game they were about to play, and we were like, hey, it was against the Utah Jazz without Dennis Schroeder yeah. and AD. I was like, hey, man, look, like, I, I wouldn't put it past LeBron to go off for, like, 40 and have a triple-double and potentially win this game. I'm not saying that one game was an indictment of LeBron. LeBron is still incredible. But I don't know if LeBron is the same LeBron he was 10 years ago that can put a whole team on his back the way he used to be able to do that. He needs the extra pieces to help. And I don't know if Dennis Schroeder is that one person to get them over the hump to get out of the West. But ever since he's been back, they what are they, 2-0 they're 2-0 now? Now. So they're 2-0 with, with Schroeder back in the lineup. Beat and Portland, beat Golden State. I mean, he blitzed Golden beat, State last yeah, night. Beat both teams. I mean, they're not juggernauts, but they at least took care of business, right, Zubin? Yeah, let's reset the situation. So you're wondering what the Suns are going to be. That's interesting because that's who the Lakers have next tomorrow. So we'll see if the Lakers can go to 3-0. and Just to set the rest of the week, by the way, we're already at the All-Star break, which is a little bit weird with this schedule. Just a reminder, we'll have games every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then there'll be a slate of games on Thursday. Then the league will be off Friday, Saturday, All-Star games Sunday. And then we'll resume action next Wednesday. Jay invoked Giannis as the two-time defending MVP. LeBron is making a great case for the award himself, playing without AD. He's getting a little bit tired of answering this question, but yes, it is, again, after the game last night, his job to figure out how to move this team forward. It's my job to, uh, like you said, to figure it out and uh, on both sides of the floor. And um, I think defensively, I've just been more, a little bit more active, you know, trying to be in the right position where um, that it benefit our team, benefit myself. But I've just been, um, I've just been flying around, and, uh, and it's helped out our team. And everyone's been flying around. They've helped me out as well, too. So, you know, I'm definitely not uh, okay with losing. And uh, so it's my job to figure it out what's going to be the best for our team. And, you know, we've done a good job of that the last couple games. And, Jay, uh, I think if you make the case for LeBron being the MVP, it's a strong case to make. But you've got another guy. You briefly mentioned it here at the top. Another guy that's closing fast and, in your mind, has surpassed the king for the moment. I do. I got, I got James Harden leading the leading board right now. James Harden, Joel Embiid, and LeBron James. I think LeBron James lost a little bit of that luster during that stretch when both Dennis Schroeder and AD have been out. Um, obviously, they, they didn't win the game. It was tough for him. Um, he still played well. But I... I I think you were kind of wondering if LeBron James could put this team on the on their backs, on his back, and really carry them to the next level. Joel Embiid, he's been dominant in the East, and I think James Harden, without KD, even though they lost one the other night at home to Dallas, 
He's just been playing out of his mind. Now, look, LeBron James can easily get back into this race. This is not over. This is constantly fluid and moving. But as of right now, James Harden, number one, Joel Embiid, number two, LeBron James, number three. James Harden's been cooking for sure, but I'm not ready to just because LeBron James dropped three games without AD in the lineup and Schroeder in the lineup. Was it three or four? Well, I don't remember the number. It's either three or One, four games. Two, three, four, yeah. They four, lost ga four games. Four, four in a row. games without those two in the lineup. I'm not ready to just decide that LeBron James isn't the MVP and he doesn't have the momentum that he had prior to that. Um, you you just gotta you gotta look at where they are down the stretch opposed to before the All-Star break. Which I would say, look, James Harden was by himself without Kyrie and KD. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks, so it kind of you know, hints to Key's point a little bit. But still, that four-game losing streak, you did want to see something a little bit extra from LeBron potentially. You guys did bring some anecdotal things to the table there on Harden. Let me just be the guy that didn't play. Let me give you the statistical notion. <laughs> really? For what? You yeah. didn't play? It's hard to believe. If you're listening on the radio, you probably can't tell. But it's one of those things where I would say this is the number one reason for Harden for MVP right now. He used to lead the league or be the league leader in a stat that's important but not flattering. It's called usage rate, right? Always touching the ball. Dribble, 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 dribble. Kick your leg out. Go to the free throw line with two seconds to go. On the well, that's his thing, right? <laughs> I just looked at James Harden's usage rate. It's down to 34th in the league. All these familiar mm -hmm. characters. Giannis is up there. Luka's number two. Giannis is there mm -hmm. in the top 10. Harden's at 34. He has to share the ball with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, yet he's still making a huge impact. So if you can evolve your game doing something different than you used to do your entire career, to me it says you're definitely mm -hmm. evolving as a player. That could be, in my opinion, the best argument for him. One last NBA note, the Nets lost to the Mavs Saturday night, fell to 9-4 in four and 13 games without KD. The Monday morning roundup brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. On the way, Mardi Gras wasn't exactly the same this year or last year, <laughs> to be wow. honest, hey. with everything going on, but they're still... Hoping to party any moment in New Orleans. We'll explain next. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You want. Say what you want the Seattle Seahawks to do, whether that's trade you or what they need to do from a player acquisition standpoint. If the Seattle Seahawks are not in the next Super Bowl, someone's going to have to go. It's either going to be Pete or it's either going to be Russ. I don't want to get caught up in the, oh, well, maybe this, and these are the four teams just in case. No, if you want to be traded, say you want to be traded. Let's get to some football talk. We're all back together. Sean J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline. You may know Russell Wilson and Sierra had a baby whose first name is Wynn. 
And at this point, the Saints are hoping to win. They had a baby. What's that? She had a baby? No, no, no. A previous oh. child they had was named Win because Russell Wilson is all about winning. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Breaking news. That's what I was like, because I remember she was pregnant, but I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. So they have a baby. The baby's name is well, Win. Well, future, right? Right? No, huh? their own child. Oh, okay. Oh, their oh, own I'm, child. I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. No, they you know had, what? They had I'm their, opting out. I'm opting out. No, I'm they done. had their own child, but she was pregnant recently. Yes. And she had the baby already. Yes. Okay. Yes. I and didn't his know name that. is Win. And yes. his name so is Win. So they have a okay. child, Got a it. boy so, named Win. Okay. I didn't know what was going on. I, 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 Thank goodness win, I'm, I'm here like... to make sure I can get you guys up to date on black culture. Thank goodness I'm here. Thank goodness I'm here. Hey. On some networks, they need people like you. Uh oh. But anyway. Stop. So they have a kid named Win, right? Because Russell Wilson's all about winning, right? It's sort of an ode to what he's all about lifelong winner winning on the field. And so now the Saints are, of course, hoping to win the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Got your culture card, Zubin. Such a thing right here. Back pocket. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here is, as she will identify herself in just moments for you, the mayor of New Orleans, Latoya Cantrell. I don't think Roger Goodell can find, he can find like Mickey Loomis for tampering, the Saints GM. Can't touch her. Can't find the mayor for tampering. Listen to this. I've heard the rumors now, and I want to make sure that you understand that the city of New Orleans is a place for you and your beautiful family. I'm Latoya Cantrell, mayor of the city of New Orleans, and I know, Mr. Wilson, that you will be a great addition to the New Orleans Saints. And more importantly, I can see us in that number winning that Super Bowl championship once again. And what else I can see? The Mrs. Sierra Wilson herself on that main stage during the historical Essence Festival. Just wanted to stop in to let you know that we not only admire you, we, we want you. Love you, man. Love Sierra. Love your beautiful family. The culture of the city of New Orleans awaits you. The culture. No, I won't. I know we won't have midterm elections until next year. But for the interest of equal time, the Seattle mayor, Jenny Durkin, tweeting, quote, I love you, mayor, but keep your eyes off Wilson. His home is Seattle. That's very, my man. Yeah. Very busy weekend here. You mentioned it when we talked yesterday. It's J.J. Watt, Russell Wilson taking all the oxygen, whether it's in the bayou or up in the Pacific Northwest. No, it's great to see that he's wanted by somebody, right? I, I, you know, Russell Wilson said he's not asking for a trade, or his agent says he's not asking for a trade, but yet and still, we talked about it last week, he gave us four teams, he mentioned four teams in, in, in the <clears throat> Russell Wilson, so to speak, sweepstakes mm -hmm. that could potentially, if in fact Seattle was to ever part ways with him, which there's a number of reasons why Seattle wouldn't part ways with him. Cap compensation, production, all, all just all sorts of stuff. But New Orleans is interesting because we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, unlike the Dallas Cowboys. The quarterback in New Orleans can be any of the three that's there. Three. Three. I'm glad you said three. Right? It could be Breeze. It could be Jameis. It could be Taysom Hill. We don't know. Drew Breeze put out a video uh, over the weekend of him still tr actively training, which – I don't have a problem with that. I get it. Everybody guys, trains. Guys still train when they think they're going to retire, even 12 months after they retire. They're still training because they, they got one foot in, one foot out. They still get the itch going. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys situation with the agent saying that Russell Wilson would prefer the Dallas Cowboys as a destination, 
is a little head scratcher for me because essentially, in my opinion, that job is already filled with Dak Prescott. Even though Dak is not under contract, so to speak, for those people out there that would say, Keyshawn, what are you talking about? He's not under contract. Well, yes, he is under contract because all they, all they got to do is franchise tagging when they decide to franchise tagging. They have a couple more weeks to do it. And once they make the decision to franchise tagging, because they're not going to let him walk out of the door for free, he's under contract. I have a problem with that because somebody has a job already. The other guys, I don't... Denver Broncos, I don't care about. How about Chicago, Oakland? Oakland. I don't care about. Oakland. I mean, I'm Oakland. sorry. I'm sorry. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. I I, Las Vegas, I kind of got an issue with it because Carr is underneath the center. He's under contract, and he's a hell of a player. So I'm like, he, you know, you you trying to steal a man's job. I don't care. Your your job is your job. That's your problem. No, I if, get if, it. If I'm Russell Wilson, first off, I, I love how it's like somebody saying, I'm not running for president. That means you're running for president. I, I do not want to trade, but here are the four teams. It means I want to trade. And if I were to have a trade, if I can go to Dallas, you know what? That's your problem, Dallas. If you can't figure it out with Dak Prescott, obviously something's going on there. But I'm going to let the world know that that's one of my feasible options. If you can't figure it out with Dak, what's up? I'm available. Hey, Las Vegas, all these rumors, we talk about this forever, about John Gruden. He's never happy with the quarterback that he has. If that's the case, John Gruden, if you're looking to get rid of Derek Carr, what's up? I'm available. I have no problem with him targeting franchises that he wants to be a part of, regardless of whether we think their quarterback situation is you know, resolved or not. Obviously, it's not. Because if it was, they would franchise tag him, or they would come to a long-term deal for Dak. I, I get it. I just personally have a problem with a quarterback that's there in Dak and in Carr, Derek Carr in Las Vegas, and Russell Wilson's agent sending smoke signals to those two teams that have quarterbacks. They have quarterbacks. I don't feel that way about New Orleans because Breeze is like, not he announced he's going possibly retire, took a job at NBC. So I'm kind of like, that's they still trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be. Chicago, same thing. They don't have anybody in Chicago. They're trying to figure out, is it Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky or somebody else? And then what was the other team? Was it Denver? What was the other team? It was the Bears, Dallas Saints, Raiders. Raiders. So I kind of, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just. I'm, I'm all for him going for Dak's job. If he wants it, if you want to be a part of Jerry Jones. But see, it, but see how you think Dak Prescott feels. But why am I worried about how Dak no, Prescott feels? No, I'm just feels? saying, how you think oh. Dak feel and Carr feel about him now? Oh, oh, oh 1,000. I mean, I'm going to want to beat his head in when I see him. Yeah, that's when all. I that's, see him. I guess that's why I look at it from that standpoint that it's you're trying to come and you, 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 you messing around now with my stuff. Yeah. So if I'm Dak, I need to, when we bump into each other, let's have a sidebar. Mm-hmm. That, that's, oh, that's, I like that, though, yeah. Let's have a sidebar. See, it's more about Russell. You know, sometimes, though, I, I hear what you're saying. It's personally more about Russell sometimes than the way he goes about it. Yeah, I mean, I okay, know, whatever. I would say the team I'm most worried about is New Orleans because Drew Brees looked every bit of 41 at the end of the season. You know you can't at this point. You just don't know if you can trust Winston, and you certainly don't know if you can trust Taysom Hill because the sample size hasn't been big enough. Just to clear it up, Win Harrison Wilson, born on July 23rd, joining Sienna Princess and big brother, future Zaheer. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. On the way, 
the Texans are about to get a haul for Deshaun Watson, right? Whoever wants him is going to give up everything. He's saying, hang on, the returns might be diminishing. Mm. Why already? He will break it down after Jay has this from Indeed. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The Houston Texans are not trading Deshaun Watson. As long as Deshaun Watson keeps his heels planted firmly, he'll be fine. If you're going to trade him, do it right now. The belief in that building is they can fix this, and this is going to happen, and he's going to stay in Houston. Once you say it to the Houston Texans, I'm not playing. He's got to stick to it. Can't threaten it, and then not do it. In that mishmash of voices, of course, at the end there was key, but there in the middle you heard, if you're going to trade him, trade him now. The man who said that, Mike Tannenbaum, the front office insider, is going to join us in 11 minutes. Things have changed with Deshaun over the weekend, John, uh, I want to hear this key from John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, who's been on our show a couple of times before, is plugged in with anybody on the Texans. I want you to hear this on his thoughts on Deshaun. Remember, he was the guy that adamantly said he was getting vibes from the organization that they absolutely, positively would never trade Deshaun Watson. John, yesterday on Sunday morning on ESPN Radio, changing his tune, maybe because the info he's getting is a little different now. You know, at least if you start over and you get a guy with a second pick overall, like Zach Wilson, or you take to a tongue of Iloa, at least you say, okay, this guy's going to be our franchise quarterback. We're starting over. They're rebuilding anyway. And I just hope some sanity returns to that organization. And these are the steps they take. And Key, you have said to kind of echo what John said, it's time for the Texans to start listening because as crazy as it sounds with Watson's talent, it could be a watering down of his value if things don't pick up here. Well, I think what, what what happens is these things are like they run in cycles, right? If we go way back to when uh, we talked to, um, oh, God, I can't think who it was. It, it might have been John McClain that was on with us. And he talked about the Texans not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, yeah, they better, they better try to figure out what they want to do because as time continues to tick and people start to hear his frustrations, they know based on last Friday or two Fridays ago when he decided to go in and tell the Houston Texans and Coach Cully, I'm done here. Mm -hmm. Now that's just the start of the devalue. 
That's just the start of it. Now, the longer you wait and we get closer to the draft, now everybody knows that you've got to do something at the quarterback spot. I mean, you're going to line up with Josh McCown? I mean, is that who mm-hmm. you started the season with? I mean, so you, you start to see the pressure points. And now you run this all the way into April. Now teams know instead of giving up three first-rounders and other picks, they can now try to bargain with you and give up two first-round picks. Yep. And now you're sitting there going, okay, and I've seen this movie before with teams that try to get cute. And they want to hold on to you and not realizing the best thing to do is he doesn't want to play for you. Don't try to force him to play. Get what you can, like John McClain says, and let's move on with, you know, and I understand you don't want to set a precedent, Jay, and you don't want everybody to run into the building talking about I don't want to be traded, I want to be traded, and you have every single year a flux of guys coming to you saying they want to be traded. He's different, though. Certain guys are different, and he's different. Damn, who wants to stay in Houston these days? James Harden got out. Deshaun Watson's getting out. Victor Oladipo didn't sign a two-year extension last night. He turned that down. It's uh, it's really crazy to watch all the way around. But I would say this, Key. I think there's a major advantage here for the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores. I'll tell you why. Pictures of your starting quarterback out in Miami with our players hanging around, <laughs> kicking it. He's comfortable down here. Off-season home. We may have made an offer underneath the table, but we got somebody that he can be plugged in right away into a tongue of a lower in your system, young quarterback. You know, we have assets, but now I don't need to force a deal. Now I'm going to wait for you to come to me knowing that your quarterback has no trade clause, understanding that he feels very comfortable in the environment because he's publicly already put that out there. No, Tua's there. There's no question about it, but I'm Houston. I don't like Tua. If I'm Coach Cully, I don't like Tua. You're trying to give me something I don't like. Well, we don't know he doesn't like Tua. No, but I'm saying... Or do saying, you know for a fact he doesn't no, like Tua? No, I don't Tua. know for a fact, but I'm saying you're you just offering up Tua to me just because I need a quarterback. But I may not like Tua. I may like Sam Darnold better. You see what I'm saying? Or I may like a uh, uh, Derek Carr better or somebody out there other than Tua. But also, I mean, you need to get a... It depends upon the best deal, right? So you need a ransom for this to a degree, too. So I know you're saying losing value, but if you're saying that window is shrinking to negotiate... Beggars really can't be choosers the longer this goes on, correct? That, that is correct. They cannot. But I think what they got to really understand, I think early on they misjudged Deshaun. And they misjudged it by thinking that they could smooth things over, uh, you know, getting the general manager, Nick Casario, to maybe try and talk to him, get get Coach Cully. Oh, we hired a black head coach, so let's try to get him to go and communicate with him. We kind of sort of did some of the things that he wanted us to do, but not fully doing everything. You know how they go. But Keith, they went, they came back around and decided to hire a black head coach. And I'm sure in that thought process of hiring him, they also thought, well, maybe this will help the situation. Even though Coach Cully deserves to be a head coach, it also could potentially help us kind of solve the issues that we have because he may be able to talk to him. <laughs> well, I'm just, oh, that makes me so angry, King. I'm just telling you. know you, what path you leading me down. I'm just telling uh, you their thought uh, process of what I think they think. Well, that's, that's why it's so antiquated in Houston. Let me tell you something. If you and I, if something happens at work and you disappear for like two months and you don't talk to me, I'm like, man, something ain't right here. I, it's, it ain't it even ain't. got to be two months. It's a week. It's, a, it's Something ain't right. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter who I hire. It's not right. It's at the court. It's at the top. It's not. Doesn't matter who the hell you can hire. Oh, that whole, that whole David call. That that really. That's gonna get me angry. 
It's not, you can't it, just it, hire a black guy like, hey, we're going to hire a black guy. Maybe he can talk to you him. You tell me what the optics look I, like. That's what it looks like. You tell me. I, you tell me when they decided not to and they hired Nick Casario, but then it, and they didn't interview Eric Bieniemy. but then they doubled back later on and tried to interview Eric Bieniemy. and then they started interviewing Leslie Frazier and Coach Cully and all these other dudes, and then they hired an African-American head coach in Coach Cully. I'm just saying. All I, now, I may be totally wrong. I doubt it, though, but I may be wrong. <sighs> I just got to pray. Think about this. when you get to these points, Zubin. And you mentioned Miami and Houston to bring those two together. Mm. Think about this. Right now, the Dolphins have the third overall pick in the draft. And if you're a Texans fan, as if it can get any worse, that pick is actually coming via Houston because of everything that happened with Laramie Tunsil. And they paid Tunsil all that money to protect Deshaun Watson. And now they're not going to have Deshaun Watson there. So you're paying Tunsil, great player, to protect who knows who. And if there's any team that needs draft capital, needs an impact quarterback, if they lose Deshaun, having that third overall pick would have made all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Look, whether they get the second pick from the Jets the third pick from the Dolphins, and they select a quarterback or trade and get to a, whatever whatever it is, they've got to address the quarterback issue because Deshaun, from everything that I know, he is not going back to Houston no matter what they tell him. They could have the $21 million. They could have it. He, he could care less about the money. He does not care one bit. Take us through it. Well, training he, camp he, is here. Training camp comes, him. he won't be in. Mini camp comes, he won't be there. Week OTAs, one happens. He will not be mm. there. He will not be there so at take all. It, take and us no, through what happens. And those stories in the is press it, get worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse and worse. And as, as I said to Rick Smith early on, they're going to start throwing darts at him. People are going to do that. As you can see, it's already happening on other networks. People are throwing darts at him because that is the way these things go. There's pressure points that come. You said take you through it. Training camp comes, he's at home or on vacation with his family and friends. Mm -hmm. He misses X amount of games. He comes in with about six games left in the season to get his accredited season, much like Trent Williams did with the Washington football team a year ago, to get his accredited season. And at that point in time, his value will be way down. And this that is a caveat that players have if they really understand it. Now, for Deshaun, you know, people look at it, and I know, those that are listening in the car or even watching us on television say we throw $21 million around like it's nothing. It's all relative in the sports world. But you it, also said if he returns, he may not play. That's an important distinction yeah, why for would I, why, why would I, why I play? Why would I play? Take us through that. Yeah, I'm not going to play. I'll come back. Just sit out. I'll come back and chill, and you could try and activate me, but them balls going to go in the third row. So and, now what? And the longer the story goes, the more dysfunctional you think an organization is. They're, we already think they're dysfunctional, even though they're trying to reboot, but it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you don't have to worry about his teammates. His teammates understand what organization they're in, but everybody has a different level of comfort on how they want to handle a situation. And that means that you don't have to worry about the players alienating him. They're stuck there and don't want to be there. But they got to be there because they got to feed their family. But if they had other options, I'm sure they would look to get away from a dysfunctional organization as well. I love J.J. Watt. But I love <laughs> J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt decided to say, you know what? Cut me. Y'all can keep that $17 million. I want out because I can get it somewhere else. And I can be happy getting it somewhere else. And so when you start to look at players 
in the league and in the locker room because everybody says, well, teammates aren't going to like him. He's letting his teammates down. No, he's not. His teammates understand what he's dealing with. How corrosive do you think the locker room is? Do you really think the overwhelming majority of players, if they could break free, would? I mean, is it that bad? I think so. Because you don't treat certain guys a certain way. Because if I treat you bad, how am I going to treat the next person? Right? That, that is the way players look at it. If, if, if Deshaun Watson is our franchise player and you lie to him. Now, there's a distinction here, right? Lied. They lied to him and told him that they were going to do some things that they did not do. They, they didn't say they were going to hire a coach or a general manager just based on him saying it. It's a simple interview. I can tell you right now, Zubin and Jay, I'm going to interview the people that you referred me to, right? And I'll interview them. Don't mean I got to hire them, right? How many times have you picked up the phone and said to people, hey, I got my, my guy, just, he just wants to talk. Talk to him. Talk to yeah. him. I'm not asking you to hire him. Do I'm me a just, favor. Do me a favor. Exactly. Do, do, me a, do me a favor, Seth Markman. Here's the tape. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor, Justin. Here's the tape. This young man is an inspiring broadcaster. He just wants to know, can you do it? Now, if I give you the tape and you throw it on your desk and then I ask you a week later, hey, man, did you take a look at that? Oh, uh, well, uh, 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 now how am I going to feel? Because you told me you were going to look at his reel. And I got to be honest with this. Like, if you're a star quarterback or any star player in this situation, first off, I don't know how many times we had to say his name. I don't know why they don't let go of Jack Easterby. I don't know why they don't let, let go of Jack Easterby. Uh, me neither. But I've been in a situation as a football player where I've gone to our front office, and I've asked our front office, because sometimes the front office got blinders on, they can't figure it out. Say, man, won't you just send your guys to work him out? I'm telling you, he can play. I'm not asking you to sign him, just work him out. All right, Key. And they go work him out. He's like, Key, he could play, but we got that already. All right, cool. I did my job. And, right. I, and, and now, me and you, we still cool. Right. But if you lie to me and tell me you're going to send somebody and the dude's calling me, blowing me up, damn, key man, you said they were going to work me out. How does that make me look? Yeah, also, think about it. It's, sometimes it's not even that difficult. We're going to get to Mike Tannenbaum here in a moment. Oh, I mean, Tannenbaum. That's why, that's why Tuesdays are in the NFL or what they are. You know how many teams? I covered the Broncos for years. You know how many kickers I saw coming on a Tuesday? <laughs> like, many. Like clockwork. Many. Three, four kickers. I mean, that's the day where you can look for guys. It's not like you have to carve out the time, right? You just do it. No, that's the funny thing, though, Jay. Oh, Tuesdays, dudes that's on the bubble, that's on the team, uh -huh. they be out there looking at the workout. No doubt. Trying to get see a spot. Who, no, well, it's guys that are already on the 53-man that like, right at the back end, and they know that they may have had a bad game, and they bring in people to work out to see if they want to sign them and cut the other mm. dudes. Those dudes be looking around the corner. It feel, it's bad on Tuesdays, like Zubin said. Yeah. Kicker misses, like, three kicks. Oh, He's, like, God, on a poor guy. thin ice. Like, hey, did you see Vinatieri walking through the hallway? I sure did. <laughs> you talking about Denver, Zubin? Is this bringing you back to a bad place? It does. I mean, they, they've, although they've had Elam and they've had Prater, they've had some good ones over the years for sure. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike Tannenbaum joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. He is the ESPN front office insider. All right, Mike, there's so many ways to go. We'll get to Wilson here in a second, but let's talk about the other quarterback that we just spent a few minutes talking about. Uh, with what you know now, some of the reporting over the weekend, and Key's thoughts on having to make a move here on Watson before he loses a little bit of value. How likely is it that we could see a move here in the near future? 
Good morning, guys. I don't think we're going to see a move for a while. And I want to start off by saying I totally agree with Keyshawn, which is if you tell a player something or any employee or a teammate, you got to follow through. And I live that. When we had head coaching interviews at the Jets at the Dolphins, we had Chad Pennington. We had Ryan Tannehill involved in the process. They didn't make the decision, but I wanted their feedback. And candidly, the candidates wanted to talk to those quarterbacks. So we did it quietly. We did it discreetly. I think the way Key described it is 100% accurate, which is there's a way you could do it without Deshaun feeling like he's making the decision. So I'm sure he feels betrayed. With that said, if I'm Cal McNair, I go see Deshaun Watson and say, we need to fix this. You're the most important person in this franchise. Not Nick Casario, not Jack Easterby, not Coach Cully. We're paying you $30 million because you're the guy and we need to fix it. And I think knowing Nick Casario a little bit and knowing that he's in year one, I think he's going to play the long game. Not saying that's what I would do, but I just think that's something he has to consider because if we're in year one of a program, guys, and we let our best player walk out of the locker room, what message are we sending to everybody else? Yeah, I wouldn't even care if Cal McNair came to my home. It's too late now. No, it is. It, it, Mike, you said just now it's not you, but if it was you, and you had a player say, I'm not playing for you. I do not want to be here. What would you do? I, I would really try to fix it first because I think Deshaun Watson is that great of a player and that great of a person. I mean, he is. he checks every box. He's young. He's productive. He's high character. He's a leader. He's under contract. You can win a championship. Other players want to play with him. Those are the players you want. So... If you're another team and I had to give up three number one picks, which depending on where your pick is somewhere between a 55 and 60% success rate, I would give up three first round picks in a heartbeat. He's that good of a player. And if I was on the Texans key, I would do everything within reason to try to fix it. But I already told you I don't want to be there. So now what? We're, we're, we're at a crossroads. You're going to force me to sit out and come in with six games to go to get an accredited season? I mean, is that the way you want to start off as a new general manager? No, it isn't. But if I was in year one, I mean, it's a really tough call. If, if I was convinced that this person never wanted to be with us ever, then I probably would have to look at trading him, which is something I really don't want to do because I think he's that great. And I would put all my efforts into seeing him, talking to him, his agent, family members, whoever I had to, to try to make it work. And, and again, he did sign a contract and we can't underestimate that. So and what else is interesting is something I'd love to know what happened because he did sign the contract after DeAndre Hopkins was traded. So obviously he was comfortable with that. So Cal McNair must have said one thing and did another. Um, and in fairness to Coach Cully and Nick Casario, they had nothing to do with that. But now, you know, Nick Casario, as a GM, you're the leader of the franchise. The most important thing you can do is fix this relationship. I'm going to say one more thing about Watson and I'm going to give it to Jay and let him deal with it. I had a conversation with Kyle McNair. And Kyle McNair told me he was going to interview certain people. One thing I can assure you, and you know this, Mike, trust is big in a locker room. And when you cross that trust, you lose me for good. I was going to ask you about this, MT. If that trust is lost in a locker room, if you're a player... How can you have trust in David Culley and Nick Casario knowing that at the end of the day, it feels like they're not the ones who are ultimately making the decisions? That's more like Jack Easterby or yeah. Calvin there. Yeah, Jay, well, I think what I would, my approach is there, like, that's why I was hired. 
and just go by what you see. Hold me accountable, and we're just going to try to stack one good day on top of the next. Whatever happened in the past is, is terrible. It's tragic, but we got to flush it. There's nothing we can do about it, and I would start with Deshaun Watson and just try to stack one good day on top of the next and see what we could do to get it fixed. And that's why we, we were brought in. We were brought in to make these decisions. I have a long-term deal. I want you here for a long time. And I think what's really hard, if you're in Houston, and something we haven't gotten into, guys, is I can't imagine right now in the free agent market, any player that has any choice whatsoever is going to say, wow, that's a franchise I want to go to. So they have to get this worked out. And it's more than just getting ready for the draft, which, by the way, they don't draft until the third round. So if I'm Houston, I don't know how I'm, I'm improving my team until this is worked out. Let's talk about another team in Texas. How, how, how should the Cowboys be handling things with Dak Prescott? And, Mike, we got less than a minute. They should wind back the clock two years ago and get him signed instead of Zeke Elliott. But now get in a room and get it done. You know, Dak's another guy that, again, to me is a franchise quarterback. I would pay him $39 million, $40 million a year and get it done. And they have a lot of other things they have to get fixed on that roster, try to lower that cap number, and don't franchise him for the second year because in 12 months you get nothing for Dak and he leaves as a free agent. That's unbelievable. There's so much there. We didn't even really even hit Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger. So many interesting QB questions out there, but we got the latest on Watson, got the latest on Dak, and we'll always have the latest. Anytime anything happens, we'll have Mike ready to go. America's front office insider. Mike, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, MT. Thanks, guys. So, fellas, that's the deal. Key, you said it. Trust. So interesting. It's just one word. We always talk around, we always toss around $21 million. We toss around money, this, that, whatever. Sometimes it's as simple as trust. Costs it, nothing, right? Man, trust. it is. It's, it's, it's all about my comfort level and I, can I trust you at the end? I mean, if I, if I can't walk in that room and feel good about you, why the hell do I want to work with you? Yeah. It's a complicated game, but sometimes it comes down to something as simple as trusting somebody. On the way, how should Dak respond to Russell Wilson? Big Ben, Drew Brees, both out. 